Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Love in Obedience, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on February 23rd, 2020. All right, we'll be in 1 John this morning, chapter 5, and I'm excited to share a message with you this morning. I'm encouraged. I hope you've been encouraged over these last few weeks. I hope you've had an opportunity and a chance to, to read through 1 John uh, in your own quiet times, maybe at home. And uh, my prayer is that uh, you'd be encouraged in God's love and that you've grown in your faith and discovered some things that maybe you didn't know about who God is in your life and some of the things that God wants for you. You know, as we think about our faith, as we talk about having a faith in Jesus, a faith in God, and believing that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is our Savior, I have often wondered how many people, especially because, you know, you get an opportunity to see a lot of things that are going on in, in the world, but I've often, often wondered and kind of wanted to see a, a real good survey, a real accurate, honest account in regards to how many people that go to church, that are a part of a church family, actually have put their faith in Jesus Christ? How many churchgoers actually have a faith that they own? I ask that question just because I think at times we always, uh, we take the kind of for granted or we make the assumption that just because someone's in a church building that they are Christians, they are believers. We have to realize that not everyone that comes on Sunday mornings um, isn't always a Christ follower. And I, and I want to say that because um, I think we have to understand there are a lot of people that come to church and they are looking for a savior. They're coming to church because they're trying to gain an understanding of what it means to be a, a Christ follower. And they haven't taken that, that initial step to put their faith in Jesus Christ, to believe in the son of God. Like God tells us in, in, in John 3.16 that, that he loved the world, that he would give his son so that others, whoever would believe in him, would have eternal life. And I think we kind of make that assumption. So we go around in our, in our church service and, and we kind of talk and dialogue and hang out, but we really don't ever really dig a little deeper to get to know one another. We don't always take the time or the effort to, to kind of have that conversation in regards to our faith. And maybe it's just as simple as us sharing our faith, telling others about what God is doing in our life and how we came to faith and the things that God did to to bring us to a place where we put our faith in him as we went on that journey together and discovered. And I think it's an important dynamic, something that, that you and I should really consider on a daily basis, the dynamic of our faith and having a true faith, having a faith of our own, a faith that we own. Well, I know that in the church today, there's, there's many that, that do not walk with Jesus Christ. They don't know what it means to have a faith of their own. It's from young to old and many. I heard a story this last week that I thought was kind of interesting. There was a, a, a lady in a church and she had been a part of this church for about 30, 40 years. You know, she was in her late 80s and uh, she would serve in the church. She helped in the kids ministry. She helped with the homeless ministry. She just did a whole bunch of stuff for the church and in the church. Well, one Sunday morning, the pastor kind of shared about what it meant to have a faith in Jesus Christ. And for whatever reason, in that moment, in that, that specific time, as the, as the lady was sitting there and she was listening, she realized to herself that she had never truly professed a faith in Jesus Christ. She had come to church for many years. She had served. She had done a whole bunch of stuff, but she had never truly surrendered to God. 
she realized that she hadn't confessed her sins to Jesus Christ and surrendered her life to him. And in that moment, as the, the pastor um, did an altar call and he invited people to come forward and he said, if you want to put your trust in Jesus, if you want to put your faith in, in the Messiah, then I want to ask you to come forward. This lady, she just ran forward and, and she got on her knees and she was in tears and she just cried out to God, God, please forgive me for my sins. I want to believe in you and I want to walk with you. So I think what happens a lot of times in our world today, in the church, what happens is that, that we, we get so busy doing work. We get so busy doing church, you know, pretending to be something so that others might see us in a way that truly we aren't. They'll see us in a way that really isn't true to where our heart is. And we think because we come to church, we just have to do work. I think John is telling us something in our passage today that, that speaks towards something completely different. I think as we read in, in the gospel of John and as we read in 1 John, I think he's helping us to understand where we are in our faith. He's helping us to have a true faith of our own. And I wonder to myself, how many people are in the same place that this lady is? How many people have gone all of their life just thinking that it's all about doing work in the church? It's all about just, hey, where I serve and what I, who I help and all these other things, but never really came to a place of an understanding of a faith of their own. You know, I have this saying that I like to share because it helps me, but it's just uh, find your faith, uh, own, excuse me, own your faith, find your place and help others do the same. And I think there's a dynamic that we forget about that when we gather together on Sunday mornings, it's about us discovering our own faith. It's us working out our own salvation, understanding what it means to have a faith in Jesus Christ. And as we do that, we find our place in the church. We find the things that God wants to do through us. It's in us first, and then it's through us as a believer, as a Christ follower. And then we help others do the same. And then we, we come to a place of service, realizing that it isn't about us. It isn't about the work, but it's about the kingdom. It's about building up the kingdom. Where do we serve and how do we help others to find a faith of their own? I love what 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says. He says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. See, John tells us that we are to confess and not acknowledge who God is and what God has done for us. We are to put our faith in understanding that God's love is what has been given to us. I wonder how many of us as believers rest in God's love. I wonder how many of us live our lives on a, on a daily basis, just trusting in the depth of the, the love of God and how much he loves us, no matter what we do, no matter what we say, that, that God just loves us right where we stand. You know, John gives us some great reminders of this. He says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, that God abides in him and he in God. That God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. See, in the moment that we come to this place where we realize the depth of God's love and, and we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we become children of God. See, it's love in faith. 
God's love abides in us and we abide in God's love. It has nothing to do with what we can do, but it has everything to do with what God has done for you and I. See, Jesus hung on a cross. He died for our sins and he did it so that he could show us how deep he loves us, how important we are to him. And in our passage this morning, John points us to the truth about our faith. Well, let's pray together and then let's read it as a church. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that you love us so much that you'd never give up, that you would leave the 99 to just come pursue us, Father. Father, my prayer this morning is that as we read your word, is that you would speak to each and every one of us individually. Father, that you would give us a greater understanding of what it means to have a faith in you, a faith that we own, a faith of our own. Father God, that we would put our trust in you, that we would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, it's not by our works, it's not by our strength, it's not because we're good people, it's not because of anything but what you've done for us through Jesus Christ. Father, I believe that, that the church, those that you love, that we need to open our eyes and discover this love, this grace that you have offered us to live in it, to abide in it, and to walk in it. And so, Father, I pray this morning as we read your word, as, as you speak to us, as you indwell in us, as you show us through the power of your spirit, that we would come into your presence with open hearts and open eyes and a willingness to listen, a willingness to understand, and a willingness to move towards a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. Father, we thank you for this, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in 1 John chapter 5, I'd like to read verses 13 through 20 together. John says this, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him. God protects, excuse me, but he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. See, John is pointing, pointing us to a true faith, a belief in who Jesus is, and it's to strengthen that faith. It's to strengthen us in our faith. And he offers us a few things that we should know about faith. First, he says, faith and love draws us close. If you look again at verses 13 and 14, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. See, here's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is so amazing. It's amazing because we have in love been given eternal life. We have this dynamic of this intimate relationship where we can draw closer to God. We can have intimacy with the creator. I wonder how many of us know that and realize that, that we can draw near to God and God will draw near to us. You know, it's interesting to me because in a lot of Christian circles, and I don't mean to pick on anyone, but, but the dynamic of prayer, the understanding of what it means to, to pray and to come into the presence of God and lift up our requests, to, to share with God the things that we struggle with, our hurts, our pains, our brokenness, all of these things that, that are in our hearts or in our body that, that we struggle with and we hurt with and, and we go through life with, but yet we're afraid to come into the presence of God and draw close and share and be honest and real with him. You ask someone, would you be willing to pray? Oh, no, not me. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know how to. See, the simple fact that that God loves us so much is it gives us this confidence that we can enter into the presence of God. And we can be just real and honest with him. We can just simply say, God, I'm hurting right now. God, I have this thing in my life right now that I'm struggling with and I just don't understand why I'm going through it. I don't understand what's going on in the world around me, but, but I just want to come before you and just talk to you about it. See, that's the beauty of what John is helping us to see here is that faith and love, it draws us close to God and we can be authentic and we can be real. You know, it's, it's no different than going to a brother or sister in faith and just saying, hey, brother, I, I'm struggling right now. I've got this thing I need you to pray for me for. I got this thing that I just don't know how to deal with. And, or, you know, I'm just, I'm depressed. I'm sad. You know, I'm hurting. I feel broken. I feel lost. See, in that same way, we can go into the presence of God and we can share our lives with him. We can be honest with him. See, John writes this so that we would be reminded of this, that we can draw closer to God. See, in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 31, he says, These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. See, the Christ is the anointed one. He is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. The gift of eternal life. That's the beauty of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news. See, and all of these things have been written so that we might know God, so that we might have the confidence to come into his presence and have a conversation with him, to grow more intimate with him. See, and this knowledge, it simply comes through a faith in Jesus Christ. See, when we put our faith in Jesus, we don't all all of a sudden have all this knowledge and all this understanding or we have it all figured out and we're good to go. We're, we're, We're on the road, you know, we're fine. No, there's this dynamic of this big word that, that we use in the church. It's called sanctification. There's, there's this growth process that happens that, that God says, come as you are, and I'm going to love you just as you are, but I'm not going to leave you there. He says, I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going I'm to hold your hand. I'm going I'm to hold you. I'm going to cuddle you, and I'm going to care for you. I'm going to meet some needs that you never thought could ever be met. 
I'm going to help you wrestle through some of those things that you've experienced in life, some of those tough moments, those trials, those tribulations, those hurts, those broken moments. I'm going to help you to deal with those things. He says, but know that I'll be there. Know that I'll, I'll hold you and I'll care for you. He says, just believe in me. Just trust in me. See, it's because of faith and love that we gain those understandings, that, that we get, begin to understand what it means to walk with God and have that intimacy, that closeness with him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. You ever ask yourself why that is? Why, why is it hard to please God if we don't have faith? I, I, I encourage you this week, maybe to chew on that for a little while. Think about that. Why, why the writer is telling us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those that seek him. Let me read that again. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, in faith, we know that, that we can enter into the presence of God and ask him anything. He's listening and he wants to care for us. And it's all in accordance to his perfect will. And it's his desire that we would be near to him. And this is why John says this in verses 18 and 19, that faith in love is redeeming. Faith in love is redeeming. Verses 18 and 19 of our passage he says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who is born of God, he, but he who is born of God protects him, protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. See, the understanding that a person is set free from sin is something that we need to gain more insight about as a believer. We need to gain a, a greater understanding because this freedom from sin is something that we should understand and acknowledge in a life of a believer. See, Jesus says, come as you are and I will free you from the bondage of sin. I will help to sanctify you and move you towards righteousness. And this righteousness only happens through me. This righteousness only happens when you begin the journey of faith by walking in my light. See, in this picture, this, what he is talking about is a redemption story. You and I being redeemed from our sins, being restored into new life. See, faith and love is redeeming. God says, come as you are, but I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to redeem you to myself so that you and I can have intimacy and this is an important part of a faith. It's something that we have to understand every single person, every believer. See, we don't come to God and say, hey God, I'm here now. I'm gonna work in the kids area. I'm gonna work doing all these other things for you. But, you know, I really don't necessarily believe in Jesus completely. And, you know, I'm okay where I'm at. I don't really need to move away from my disobedience to you, but I am going to help here at the church, you know. I'm gonna do some of these things that'll make you, make you think I'm a good guy. See, that's not the gospel message. See, God's love, the gospel message, the depth of God's love is, is simply saying that, hey, I'm going to redeem you and I'm going to restore you. 
I'm going to bring you back into right position with me so that you and I can be intimate together. So that you, can I, you and I can live in relationship. See, every person has to come to a place where you realize that, that you need a savior. You need to be redeemed from something. You know, there's a, an old story. A lot of pastors have told it. It's about a guy that got stranded on, a, on an island and he prayed to God. He said, God, please help me. Help me off of this island. And then here comes the boat. God says, hey man, you okay? Do you need any help? I says, don't worry, I'm waiting for God. <laughs> He's going to help me. All right, man, good luck. <laughs> See, that guy didn't realize that God was trying to save him. That God was trying to help him. He just thought that if he just stood there and waited that I guess God was going to come down himself. I don't know. But we all need to come to a place where we need a savior. We need to be redeemed. We need to be restored. First John 1 John 1.9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I love this part. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you guys, but I'm the biggest sinner that I know. I know that I need to be cleansed from my unrighteousness. I know that, that my sin separates me from God. And I need to be restored and I need to be redeemed. See, when we confess our sins to God, he is faithful to forgive them. It's a promise that he makes to you and I as a believer. We don't have to live in guilt. We don't have to live in shame anymore for the things of the past. We get to enter into this new life and we are restored in this life. We have been given new life. And that's the beauty of the gospel message. That's what you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, as we put our faith in, have to come to an understanding of is that as we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive them. He restores us unto righteousness. See, and this is the only way, I'm telling you, this is the only way that we can enter into his presence. It's that we have to put our faith in Jesus Christ. We have to confess our sins, trust in God, and move towards his righteousness, living for him. See, this is why Jesus died on the cross. It's because God loved us so much that he knew that to be intimate with us, he had to create a path of holiness for us. It's a holy God and an unholy people. And God had to make us holy again. And you know what he did? He did it through his son, Jesus Christ. He did something that you and I couldn't do for ourselves. He paid a price and he washed us and cleansed us through the shedding of blood on that cross. He did it to restore us to himself so that we might know him. And he didn't do it because we're good people. He didn't do it because we've done good things. He did it because he is a good God. And he is holy and he is righteous and he loves us. I love what it says in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. He says, For the grace of God has appeared, Jesus Christ, bringing salvation for all people, training us, I'd circle that part, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, I'd underline that, upright and godly lives 
in the present age. See, it's his righteousness that God sees in us. Jesus, the gospel message, is why there is love and faith, and there is faith in love. See, we, be- we believe he restores and he saves us by his grace. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. He says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. He redeemed us. He restored us. Not because of our works done by, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And those are beautiful passages, aren't they? Aren't they wonderful? For the grace of God has appeared. I want to ask you this morning, do you have a story? What's your story? Has there been a a place or a moment in time when God has restored you and redeemed you? Has there been a place like like that lady where, where she just realizes that she needs the redeeming hope of a savior? That she's lived all her life just doing things and working and and not even realizing that Jesus was right there and wanted to love her and wrap, wrap his loving arms around her and restore her. That he wanted to redeem her and draw her near to him. I want to ask you, what is your story? See, because I I believe that that every believer, every person that has put their faith in Jesus Christ has a redemption story. And that story was meant to be shared. That story was meant to be told. Because you know what? When you share that story, when you tell people about that story, you know what it does? It brings glory to God. It, It elevates him. It lifts him up. See, it's not you bragging about what you've done or what you can do or what you're going to do, but it's everything about what he's done for you and I. So that all would be saved. Well, I want to I close with this and remind us of something. Verses 20 and 21. Faith and love is assurance. I think this is something as, as believers that we really need to pay attention to and really come to a, a greater understanding of. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Then he ends it by saying, little children, keep yourselves from idols. We know that we know because we know him. See, we have an assurance of our salvation because of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for you and I. Not because of what we can do or what we will do or what we want to do. It's all because of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. It's that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Do you know him? Do you have that assurance this morning? Are you confident in that? Well, this message that John has for you and I, this encouragement is to be assured. Know that that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, that God offers you eternal life. He loves you so much 
that he'll give you that eternal life and he'll help you to become and move away from the things that you used to think were good, that you used to think were right and he'll help you with an understanding so that you know him who is true and are in him who is true. I want to close with John 20 verse 31 again. He says, these things, everything that we read, everything that you know, these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah, the Savior, the Anointed One, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Do you believe that this morning? You have that assurance? Are you confident in that? I want to do something this morning that, that isn't typical of what we normally do. And uh, I want to kind of get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. For many of us, we may be struggling with some issues. We may be wrestling through some turmoil, whatever it is in our life, whether it's sin, whether it's something that we want to praise God for. Maybe maybe there's some hurt in your life. Maybe there's some brokenness. Maybe there's an illness in your life right now. Maybe there's some people around you that, that are hurting or struggling. And they don't know what it means to have a faith in Jesus Christ. But, but wherever you're at, whatever is on your heart this morning, together as a church, I want us to do something. And I think, I think it'll make the difference. I think it'll help us to draw near to God. So I want to ask you guys to stand with me. Jeff's going to play. We're going to sing a couple of more songs. We're going to give our tithes and our offerings. We're going to pray over them. But before we do that, I want to ask you guys to stand and and I want you to either move away from the aisle and get on your knees and let's bow together as the body of Christ. You can come forward here. There's a couple of kneelers if you want to use that. If you're not able to kneel, don't feel like you have to. You can sit right there in your chair. But either way, let's bow our hearts. Let's bow in the presence of God. Let's surrender some things. If there's a sin in your life, if there's something that, that you struggle with, then let's bring it before the cross. If, if there's hurt or, or pain or unforgiveness, let, let's get on our knees and, and just bring it before God and be honest with him. Let's trust him. Let's put our faith in him, believing and knowing that he is God. He is the Christ, the anointed one. And so together as a family, I'm just going to ask you to come forward if you like. You can move away out into the sides of the church, wherever you feel most comfortable with. You can do it with your family. You can do it with other members in the church. But I want to ask you just to, to bow. And I want to ask you to, to surrender. Surrender whatever it is that God's leading you to surrender. Just lift your hands up to him and worship him. And I'm going to guide us in this time and we'll pray together, okay? Father, we come before you. Father, we we just bow. We fall to our knees in your presence. Father, our our faith in you is something that uh, we're continually to grow in and continuing to to understand and to to acknowledge our faith, Father, is, is one thing, Father, but to truly, truly trust you in these areas is another thing. Father, so we bow before you this morning. Father, we we are sinful. Father, there's things that that I say and do that that are in disobedience to who you are. And so this morning, we, we confess our sins to you. We ask that you would forgive us. Father, but as we do that, we we know that you are, are faithful and just to forgive. 
that you are, are faithful to, to cleanse us and make us whole again. Father, that you see us through the eyes of Jesus in his righteousness. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we're, we're a hurting people. Father, we have struggles. We, we have pain and suffering. We have illness in our lives. And we see people around us hurting. We see people lost and, and that don't follow you, that don't know you, don't walk with you, Father. And, and it breaks our hearts. Father, that's why we bow before you this morning. That's why we fall to our knees because, Father, we know that you're in control. Father, we know that, that you hold us in your hands and that you, you want to comfort us. You want to provide healing for us. You want to restore us and, and to redeem us and to love us. And, Father, so, so we bow before you. We come into your presence in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up those that are near to us. Father, we lift up those that, that are hurting. Father, that, that relationally are, are maybe struggling in a marriage or, or with their kids or, or whatever it may be, Father. Father, we lift them up to you. Father, we, we pray for, for our parents and our, and our marriages, Father, that they would um, seek to, to gain insight and understanding so that so that you would be the leader in their home, that, that you would be the center of everything that they say and everything that they do, Father. And together as a church, we would, we would walk with one another. We would encourage each other by doing what we're doing right now, by, by just simply bowing, by simply coming to our knees and, and asking you for your help. Father, there's, there's those that are around us that, that have sinned that are broken and that are lost. Father, we lift those up to you that need your love to see the, the redeeming power that comes through your son, Jesus Christ, the hope of life and life eternal. Father, we, we lay it all at your feet right now. Father, we also praise you. Father, we also give you thanks for everything that you're doing right now in our lives. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you that, that we have the privilege to, to draw near to you, to come closer to you. And Father, as you redeem us and as you restore us, as you, as you guide us, as you sanctify us, Father, as you create in us the person that you want us to be, Father, we give you the glory. We thank you for that love, that intimacy that you've offered us. Father, you're an amazing God, and we're so grateful that you would love us. So, Father, we, we come. We come with everything that we are. We bow. We worship. We confess. We acknowledge. And, Father, we receive. We receive and accept the gift of grace, the gift of mercy. And that is our salvation. That if we confess our sins, that you're righteous and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us and to make us new and to enter into this new life, this life with Jesus, this life with you, Father, that we may follow to the end of the age, that we would trust you every step of the way, that in love we would put our faith and in faith 
we would trust your love. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for all that you are. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.